Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy TV. I'm Sarah Pearsons, and we're excited to share with you today part two of a message that Jeremy taught at Andrew Womack's ministry at um, his Bible college, Karis, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And this is just so cool for us to be hooked up with a ministry that is teaching the same concepts and getting revelation on what it means to live in this conversation between grace and faith right there in the center where we, where you get revelation on everything that God has provided for you by grace and by faith, you just reach out and you take it. And today he's really talking about and expounding on what it means to speak God's language. You know, God speaks only one language and that is the language of faith. And really what he's looking for from us is that same faith response. So I just ask you to stick around and I'll be back with you at the end of this message. I want to read something to you that uh, I read from a book back in 2009. I had gone to the our church bookstore where my parents pastored there in Fort Worth. And I picked up a book, I brought it home. I sat on my couch one afternoon. I began reading this book. And if you don't mind, I just want to read you a little bit out of it because I found some things in here, not expecting to, not expecting to find the magnitude of what I did find. And it impacted me in such a way, I, want, I just want to read it to you. If you've got just a minute, let me read some of this to you. It's on page one of the book. It says, we can become so familiar with a certain passage of scripture that we don't really know what it says. We don't pay attention to it anymore because it has become so common to us. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 has become one such passage for many believers. It says, by grace, you are saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There are some profound truths revealed here. One of which is that we are saved by grace through faith. Everybody say it, by grace, by grace. Through, faith. through faith. It goes on, he says, the body of Christ is basically divided into two groups. Those who emphasize grace, what God does, and those who emphasize faith, what we do. One group preaches that everything is totally up to God. They say everything is determined by the sovereignty of God. It's whatever he chooses. Have you ever heard any of these things before? The other group teaches, no, you have to do this and that and this and that. And those who preach man's responsibility will normally say that those who teach that it's just all up to God are totally wrong. Those who preach that it's all up to God will teach against those who say man has some responsibility in the matter. You might phrase this issue differently, but it all comes down to this question. What do I do? What is God's part and what is mine? God's word clearly teaches a balance between grace and faith. Even though the body of Christ typically divides into two camps, one emphasizing what God has to do and the other emphasizing what we have to do, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that we are saved by grace through faith. Say it again, by grace through faith. We aren't saved by one or the other. Now, to be technically correct, there is a parenthetical phrase in this passage in the last part of Ephesians 2, 5, which says, by grace, you are saved. And the writer says, I'm not arguing that it's wrong to say we're saved by grace, but technically it's not grace alone that saves us. It's really important that we understand this point. God has done so much for us by grace, but for us to receive what he has done, there must be 
a positive response on our part, which is what the Bible calls faith. There has to be a combination of both grace and faith. That was a book called Living in the Balance of Grace and Faith, um, written by a man named uh, Andrew. I get his last name wrong all the time. Wombat, Wombat, Wombat. Anyway, look it up. It's, It's good. Brother Andrew, I'm not kidding though. 2009, I'm sitting on the couch in our little living room and I picked up this book from that church bookstore. And um, man, my heart had been coming alive in the weeks leading up to that. Like I said, growing up in the house of faith, that was just nearly second nature by then. But there were some things regarding the so-called grace message that were doing something in me. I'm thinking, what, what, what am I missing here? And this is, I'm talking, we're reading page one and two of the book here. (laughs) And when I got to this line right here that says, to receive what God has done, there must be a positive response. I'm telling you something went off on the inside of me like it never had before. And I found, I found my whole life in that. I found the whole ministry. Sarah and I have a mission statement for our ministry, and it's to serve our generation with the word of God, teaching them how to live by faith in the day of grace. That's our assignment. And I found it in that one word response. And in in the book that I had, I, I began just writing in it. And I started seeing the Lord started unfolding this whole this whole thing, this whole life as this ongoing conversation between grace and faith. That's what our life is. It's to be lived in this ongoing, never-ending, unceasing conversation between grace, what God has said, and faith, your response to it. Amen. I want to tell you something. Faith is the only appropriate response to grace. And you have to almost laugh in the climate we're living in right now when you've got the two groups like Brother Andrew wrote about in that book. And why on earth would they ever fight with each other? How? What's the right word? Stupid is that? How completely ignorant is it for a person with a revelation of grace to look down on a person with a revelation of faith? And how equally stupid is it for a person with a revelation of faith to discount what's coming out of a person with a revelation of grace? Folks, they are nothing without each other. They're nothing. They are as ineffective as a one-sided conversation. When my son, Justice, was born, uh, he's born in 2010. Just a few months before that, Sarah and I had stepped out into our own ministry. Um, We were on staff with my grandparents at KCM, Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and the Lord had really just stirred some things in us about stepping out, being bold. We submitted that to our leadership, my grandparents. They prayed over 
it with us. They said, this is good. This is God. They launched us out. And uh, three months later, we had a baby. That's what you do, right? <laughs> Quit your job, have a baby. Somebody say faith. But uh, just after he was born, Sarah and I were walking around our neighborhood, pushing him in the stroller. Well, I need to back up before that. For the first, I don't know, several days, weeks, months after he was born, something interesting stood out to me about this little boy. In those first few days, I realized something about him. He spoke no English. (laughs) And you're laughing at it, but as a first-time father, there's really nothing you'd want more than for your newborn to just be able to talk to you. Please, for the love of God, just tell me what you want. It's three o'clock in the sinking morning. I just, what do you want, man? I fed you, right? I mean, we've changed you and you're still crying. Just tell daddy what you want. And I got to the point as he was getting a little bit older and moving around, I was so excited for the time when he could talk because I just wanted to know where the remote is. What did you do with the television remote? Uh, Tell me, please. But before he could speak and it was just grunts and giggles and squeaks and cries and all that was cute and everything. But there was one day, one day sitting in the kitchen of our little house, Sarah was feeding him. And little Justice James looked up out of the clear blue nowhere. And you want to know what he said? Dada. Dada. The boy said dada. And it changed my life forever. All I wanted was to hear him say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Come on, let me hear it. Dada, 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 dada. Anybody ever experienced this before? You got a little dada, dada, dada. And I did not care that everything in the room was dada. And mama was dada. And I was dada. And the yogurt cup was dada. I just wanted to hear him say it again. And not long after that was when Sarah and I were on a walk with him, pushing him in the stroller. And we were just talking to each other and something, the Lord just brought something to my heart. And he said, you want to know why it pleases you so much to hear him say that? I said, why? And just like that, he said, because your son is learning to speak your language. And when he said, he used that word pleases you. And my heart ran to Hebrews eleven six, because without faith, what is it? Is it very difficult to please God? Is that what it says? Impossible to please him. When you and I put the word of God in our heart and coming out of our mouth in faith, believing that what he has said is true and it's not the not based on the circumstances, not based on the feelings, not based on anything that you see or feel, but you make that determination. I am going to walk by faith. I'm going to lay hold of everything grace has provided. I'm going to take it. It's mine and I'm going to walk in it. And I believe that more than I believe what I see going on around me. You know what's going on? That's you and I learning to speak his language. And the truth is, That's the only language he speaks. That's the only language God speaks. How much time do we have here? We've got a few minutes. Go to Matthew chapter five, uh, excuse me, chapter six, Matthew six. 
Dada. Jesus said some things here in revealing the Father, which is what every word out of his mouth ever did. And he said in verse 5, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, when you pray, you'll not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room. When you've shut the door, pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So let's be clear. He's talking about prayer and how to pray. But what is prayer? What is prayer? Conversation, right? It's supposed to be conversation. Supposed to be. Remember, I told you a moment ago, grace without faith and faith without grace is as ineffective as a one-sided conversation, which sadly is what most people's prayer life is. A one-sided conversation. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh God, oh God, oh God. I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it. Don't you see that I need it? Oh God, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Oh God, oh God, oh please, oh please, oh please. Yeah, that should be good. <laughs> wait, wait a second. And then they're confused when that's producing nothing. And you left God standing there going, ah. So Jesus is talking to us about how to enter into this conversation. And a conversation is an exchange, man. It's a back and it's a forth. One man of God, I heard my grandfather tells us, tell the story. I forget who he said it was, but one, one preacher a long time ago, just laying in the floor, crying out to God, and begging God and pleading with God for, I don't know how long, hour, maybe more. And finally it hit him. Here lies a fool who knows nothing, doing all the talking to a God who knows everything. I think I'll shut up. It's an exchange. So Jesus is talking to us about how to get something out of this exchange. This goes on in verse seven. He says, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. The implication is here, there is prayer that's not even heard. There's prayer that even though God desires to reward prayer, there is that prayer that goes unrewarded. There is that prayer that even though God is all ears to the prayer of his kids, there's prayer that doesn't even get heard. You think about people who are like that pastor laying on the floor, crying out to God, crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. And if there's no faith in it, you're not speaking his language. God doesn't speak beggar. Okay. 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 Are you hearing me? God doesn't speak beggar. God doesn't speak worry. God most certainly does not speak fear. And when you're pleading with him based on what you see, not based on what's in his word, and you're coming to him in fear and doubt and worry and refusing to just lay hold of what he's already said to you, it's like listening to justice the first, I don't know, six months of his life. And he says, you're not speaking a language that he speaks. Are you with me right now? 
God does not speak beggar. See, I live in Texas and we're relatively close to the border of Mexico. We have a large Spanish speaking population. I'm sure you do too here. And our television, a lot of times you could just scroll through television channels and you might come across any number of Spanish speaking television stations. Well, here's the problem. I don't speak Spanish. So let me tell you that when I come across a Spanish speaking television station, it does me no good to turn it up. (laughs) Don't we do that though? You come, you, you find somebody. Can you tell me how to get to the place over here? Oh, sorry, uh, no habla inglés. Oh, okay. Can you tell me how to get where I'm going? <clears throat> Folks, you just turned it up. Turning up a language that they don't speak is not going to help them understand. If the conversation's ever going to go anywhere or produce anything, at some point, you're going to have to start speaking the same language. This is critical to the success of this exchange, this conversation. It does me no good to turn up the television. Oh, what are they saying? Let me turn that up. Kellogg's a frosted flake. I don't I don't know. I don't know. And when you're begging God and begging him and begging him and oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh please, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, why don't you see? Oh God, why don't you help me? Oh God, please heal me, please heal me, please heal me. Won't you do this for me? Oh God, oh God, oh God. And you realize that months later it's not working. Let me tell you something. It will do you no good to turn it up. No good. Just frustrating. How frustrating is it? Try to talk, talk to somebody, no matter how simple the request, so frustrating if you don't speak the same language. Just wish I could get through. God no habla worry. God no habla doubt. No habla fear. God habla faith. God speaks faith. And you and I, if we're going to get anything done in our lives, in our ministries, in our relationships with other people, in our marriages, for there to be any success in that at all and success that comes only from the word, we're going to have to start speaking the same language. We're going to have to start responding in faith to what grace has already said. And in that book that I had, this is my new one. I found it in your office this morning. I went ahead and wrote in it too. But the... The, the one I've got at home, I started right now. I mean, revelation just started pouring out, pouring out. Grace has spoken. Grace has spoken to me. Grace has spoken and said, you are redeemed. Now listen, listen to me. Grace has said that to every man, woman, and child in the world. Every one of us. Grace has spoken to all men for all time and said, I love you and I have redeemed you. I've bought you back. I've purchased you, not with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the incorruptible blood of my son, Jesus. I love you and you are redeemed. But what's he waiting on? Not all men are living in that redemption. What's it going to take? Help me out. A response to it. You've got to respond to it. Grace said you're redeemed. Come on, what are you going to say? I'm not worthy of that. I'm not worthy of that kind of price. 
How could you look on me as such a, such a one as a dead dog? You know, Mephibosheth said that to David when David reached out and brought him from Lodabar, 2 Samuel chapter 9, and he brought him to the king's table and said, I'm going to restore to you everything that was your grandfather's. This, this little guy went from lame beggar to a rich man with 20 plus servants and everything that belonged to Saul, all the land, all the wealth. And David said, I'm giving it all back to you and to your sons and you are going to eat bread at my table continually. And you know what Mephibosheth? said, he said, how can you look on such a one as a dead dog as I? And I love the very next verse because David didn't even respond to it. Didn't even respond to it because this whole thing, if you go back and look at David's words there, he said, is there not somebody in the house of Saul that I can show the kindness of God to watch this for Jonathan's sake. Mephibosheth laying there on the floor in front of David. David's not even looking at him. This has nothing to do with him. He's just Jonathan's son. And I'm doing this for you, boy, not because of you, but because of my covenant partner. Do you want to know why? Grace has said to you and I what it said. The scripture tells us that we are forgiven for Christ's sake. God forgave us, not so much just because of us. It's because we're in Jesus. And he said, I'm going to do this for you because I'm in covenant with him. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. So there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. Thank you, Lord. Grace is spoken. Say it out loud. Grace is spoken. Grace said you're redeemed. Grace has said that to all men. What's he waiting on? A response. Why isn't the whole world living in their redemption? Because not everybody's responded to it. But the appropriate response is, Jesus, I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth. What is that? It's a response. You're saying something. It's coming up out of your heart. The light got turned on for you at some point in your life and you saw Jesus for who God said he was and you made your confession. That word confession just means to say the same thing as. So when you confessed Jesus as Lord, you just entered into a conversation with God in which God said, I've made Jesus Lord and you responded to it and say, yeah, I agree. Jesus is Lord and he's my Lord. And I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth in response to your love, you, you sent him for me. He died for me. He was raised from the dead for me. And your whole life just got changed in the conversation between grace and faith. Now, what about your healing? What about your healing? Grace has spoken. Has it not? And it said, bye. You, by the stripes of my son, you're healed. You are healed. You are not going to be, you are. So why aren't we all living in that? Amen. Waiting on a response. You got to respond to this. And the appropriate response is not, I don't feel healed. You speak in some other language. Amen. You're speaking some other language and God is saying, I'm sorry, come again, come again. 
And think about this as parents with their children, particularly children who have grown a little bit and have at least, maybe it's not too big, but it's at least some vocabulary. And every parent has encountered this with a child when the child reverts back to the whining, back to the complaining, back to the crying. And what's mom and dad say? Come on, use your words. Use your words. I can't help you if you won't tell me. Use your words, use your words. And what are their words? Their words are only nothing but your words that they heard you say. So next time you got symptoms of sickness or disease that have come up in your body or you've got a diagnosis from a doctor that's limited your life on earth, don't start whining, don't start crying, don't start complaining, don't go there because God is going to look back at you and say, come on, baby. Come on, baby. Use your words. Use my words. Use my words. What did I tell you to say? Say what I told you to say. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 